Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of the Yard. It's happening to be recorded on Sunday afternoon. I told you guys on Friday I had some uh, some personal uh, plans that I'm going to take care of this evening that will require me to travel out of town, so I won't be back in time to record. And I didn't want you to have to wait until Monday afternoon or evening, so I went ahead and recorded this too. Plus, we had uh, Mike Leach yesterday, so I wanted to recap some of what Coach had to say uh, so if you're listening today on Sunday, it's a beautiful day here, and I hope it is a beautiful day wherever you are. And uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, then uh, welcome to the work week. A lot going on, I tell you. It's one of those things where I've been so anxious, I guess, and not anxious in a negative way where I'm like nervous or anything, but I've been so anxious for us to get into some semblance of a football routine. That's one of the things that I love about you know our work in season for football is it's pretty regimented. You know, like you, you, we used to get, you know, the coaches on Monday, offensive players Tuesday, defensive players Wednesday, and then Thursday, you know, you're writing your game preview, and then Friday you're on the road covering a high school football game, uh, and then Saturday you've got a uh, college game, Sunday a day to wrap it all up, and then we start again on Monday. And so I always like the fact that uh, everything is just kind of, you know, planned for us. It makes it a lot easier to find something to write about. So we have done our best to navigate through this quarantine and this absence of college sporting activity as best we can. I am proud of the job that we have done. Uh, matter of fact, our numbers, believe it or not, our numbers year over year are better than they ever have been. Even though we've had an absence of college sports, maybe it's because of the fact there's not as much going on. Uh, you guys are hanging out with us a little bit more, and so thank you. And there are a lot more people that uh, have cho- chose to join the jeanspage.com 247 family, and we thank you as well. If you haven't done so, you can take advantage of our anniversary offer, 10 years of existence for 247 Sports. We've been along for a few of those years. Uh, happy to be a part of the team. You can get an annual subscription for 50% off all month long, but the time is running out. Today is uh, August 23rd, which is a Sunday. you got about eight days left to get that in and save 50% off an annual subscription. Listen, there's going to be so much going on. A lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, I just don't know if now's a good time to subscribe. It's 50% off. It's 50% off for a year. So you look at that and you think, okay, that makes better sense. But uh, listen, there's a lot of uncertainty around college football. I get it. I understand it. Uh, but I think now's probably the time when you want to be more in tune with what's being said behind the scenes. And speaking of which, we, one of the things we discussed on the message board, and I give Paul Jones a lot of credit for this, uh, Paul Jones was the first to mention on the jeanspage.com True Maroon Football Forum about Tyler Williams, that, that Tyler Williams was absent from the depth chart. Uh, and, of course, we're kind of getting that unofficially during workouts. And so that next thing you know, once it's out there, we started getting a few bits and pieces. And, listen, now it's official. Tyler Williams is opting out for the season. And a lot of people have tried to suggest that there's something here. Listen, we're not aware of anything, and, and we know enough people, I think, that'll tell us the truth and some people say well yes Steve we had the Tudor Gate stuff but yeah we we never said we didn't have an issue we just didn't have all the details we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to get names and details and of course there were none unlike some other other schools Mississippi State when they said they've got no comment they have no comment but we've talked to a lot of people in official and unofficial capacities about Tyler Williams and we have not uncovered anything at this point that is untoward nothing I think it's just a matter of simple of, uh, you know, Tyler's going to graduate in December. And uh, I was told he wasn't quite sure if he wanted to play football. 
that uh, it's one of those things that he just thought about. This year, it's been, you know, it's been, a, it's been an emotional year for everybody. And uh, I just thought, you know what, maybe I need to commit myself to my academics and get my degree. He has the option to come back and play next year, but as Mike Leach said yesterday, uh, he's going to coach whoever shows up. So that's where that is. And so we're going to get into some of that Mike Leach stuff after the break. A lot, lot of good stuff yesterday. I've been doing this a long time. You know, it's one of those things, you know, it, a lot of it becomes old hat. You know, you hear the same things from the same coaches. And, and I just, you know, with Mike Leach, you know, I get the sense that Mike just answers the question. And, and, and let me, let me I, want to, I don't want to throw shade at anybody, but let me kind of put this in context for you. Dan Mullen was great to me when he was here. Dan Mullen did a lot of great things at Mississippi State. And, of course, in hindsight, there's some things that people are a lot more willing to say. You know, one of the things that I'll say that, you know, Dan did not make his staff recruit. He did not hold them to the same standards later. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, Dan didn't want to get out there and fight in the streets. But also, too, Dan was such a great football coach you know, that he could take a really good player and make him great. You know, and so rather than go out there and have to put up with a lot of drama and unnecessary nonsense for some recruits that were considered, quote, great, he would go get a kid that might have a little more room to grow but a lot less drama around them and go get them and then go win games. And he was good enough, even with sometimes above average talent, to get us to a ball game. But Dan was one of those guys in press conferences that uh, when you asked him a question, instead of him just you know, telling you what he thought, Dan was somewhat guarded. He'd give you a lot of cliches, and, and he would search for the right answer. What's the right answer? Instead of just telling you the truth, he would kind of look for the right thing to say. Uh, and so that was a criticism that I have of Dan about – press conferences is sometimes you, you come in there and you talk to him and he just kind of gives you the same old thing and some of our best conversations with Dan is when the cameras were off when he would sit around like that 2016 season where things were really going south he spent some time with the media you know after the SEC network broadcast was turned off and the feed was off and the recorders were off and he kind of explained some things you know about football and about you know, listen here's here's what we really want Nick to do here's where Nick is different from Dak and it gave us a lot of background and so I liked that Dan probably best of all the Dan that wasn't performing and I don't say that to be negative I just say when when Dan when you got Dan by himself and you asked him about football he would give you the truth I mean he really would he would he would break things down for you and some of my best conversations with Dan would be you know afterwards you get him one-on-one and let him talk about you know how do you sell Mississippi State and you know what kind of things are important to you I thought those were the best ones Joe was a little different. Uh, Joe was kind of the king of the cliche in a different respect. You know, it's like he was real big on this, you know, we're going to point the thumb and not the finger thing. Uh, but that's all we really did with it was point. You know, that there was not a lot of accountability with all that. But, you know, Joe was very accommodating with the media of his own time. Uh, Joe not so much with his assistant coaches. And I understand, you know, it's one of those things where when you're in season sometimes, you know, let's say the Clarion Ledger is writing a feature you know, about a defensive line prospect or defensive line player, whether you want to get a couple of comments for context from his coach. And so then the next week we may want to do a one-on-one with the guy. And so I know it gets a bit exhausting in season, but the thing that I always said is, you you know, you're talking 10 minutes. I mean, it's really not that big a deal, but it's, again, it's not my time that I'm talking about. But Joe, uh, I would say of all the head coaches that I work with, Joe was probably more accessible than any of them. You know, like if I had a question, a follow-up question or something, you know, just or just something that I needed some information about, you know, not necessarily a quote, but, you know, sometimes just some clarification, you could text Joe. And uh, and there were a lot of times, too, I, I heard from Joe just about every Sunday 
during football season because Joe and I both were Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and he would reach out and say, hey, did you watch the game today? Who looked good? Or, or hey, this was a great play. Uh, and so Joe didn't really have that whole, you know, keep you at arm's length type mentality. And uh, I remember one time uh, when Stark Villains was coming out, I had asked Joe something. I can't even remember what it was. It was something that was important to me, but it wasn't a big deal to him. And he was very giving of his time. And I'm like, Joe, if I can ever help, man, in any way, you know, please let me know. He goes, I'll tell you what, let me get the first signed copy of the new book. And he said that kind of in jest. But you know what? I gave it to him. The day the books came in, I went down there and I gave him the very first signed copy. And you know what? He had even forgot that he said that because he didn't mean it. He was just kind of being silly. But I meant it, and I brought it down, and I gave it to him, and uh, Joe comes from around the desk. He goes, man, come here, and he hugs me, and he goes, man, you're one of my guys. And so in that respect, Joe was very down to earth, and uh, he pointed over at his bookshelf, and he had a bunch of books on there. You know, everybody has those books in their office to make them look important. He goes, I'm going to be honest with you, Steve, there's a lot of books over there I hadn't read, but I'm going to read this one. And you know what? He did. Uh, and he sent me some reviews and some comments. And of course, his name was in it, and some members of his family bought it. I don't say that to praise me in any way, but that's just kind of how Joe was. Mike is much different than both. When you ask Mike Leach a question, he has enough confidence and enough wherewithal just to tell you the truth because he's not afraid of public opinion. That's one of those things, that, and I admired about Dan Mullen. It's like, you know, when Dan made a decision, that was the end of it. He didn't feel any need to explain himself to any of us. But, Mike, if you go back and look at that, and you can watch that 15-minute press conference in its entirety, which I think is a little bit brief for a head coach, but um, – you know, be that as it may, when we get into season, I suspect those will get a little bit longer because uh, those are coming post-practice. But I really believe that yesterday's press, Saturday's press conference with Joe, with uh, pardon me, goodness gracious, Mike Leach, was the most informative one I think I've ever been a part of. Number one, I thought the media did a good job asking questions of value. No, nobody, nobody asked him, you know, who his favorite Smurf was or anything like that, trying to get a soundbite and a viral video. It was about business, and so it was great questions. And I thought his answers were great. And that's the thing, too. I think Mike sets the tempo for the press conference because he comes in, number one, doesn't give an opening statement, just opens up for questions. But when you ask him a question, he gives you a thoughtful answer. And it's not where he's, like, searching for the right thing to say. And I also get the impression, too, you know, he's not trying to be my friend. He's just doing a job. He understands the purpose of the media. He understands his role in that. Uh, and, of course, I think the Mississippi State – beat is a pretty friendly beat and what I mean by that is not necessarily that everybody's a Mississippi State homer because that's not the case but there's a lot of guys out there that you know that listen this is a stop in the road for them but th there's not a lot of gotcha journalism going on uh in people trying to ask a question or set something up and listen there's sometimes we ask difficult questions we do I'm not afraid to ask them uh it's one of those things too that I think right now we're kind of riding the honeymoon wave so we'll see what happens. But, again, Mike Leach, very, very, very candid yesterday. I think Zach Arnett has been very candid. That's one thing about this coaching staff. Number one, great communicators, all of them. I've interviewed every single coach on the staff, all of them very giving of their time, and none of them really kind of give you that line of nonsense. You know, it's like, hey, how is so-and-so doing? Yeah, he's doing pretty good, you know, but we need him to be a little more consistent. We need a little more of this, need a little more of that. And that tells me they're coaching these kids and not covering for them. Bulldog Burger Company, they'll cover you. They will. Man-to-man -man coverage. Bun-to-bun -bun coverage. Right there, Bulldog Burger Company. That was kind of cheesy, wasn't it? Uh, so, Bulldog Burger Company, the University Drive location is the flagship. 
You've got a second location now on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. I've heard great things about that place in, in Tupelo. I've had, I've had people say, you know what, Steve, we were so glad to get our own Bulldog Burger Company in Tupelo. And then we get it, and, man, it, I tell you what, it's just as good as the one in Starkville. You know, I don't know how it could be, but they're telling me they are. And it, it's one of those civic pride things, too. It's like when you get something really cool to come to your community, you want to kind of frequent that business, you absolutely should. Bulldog Burger Company, part of a great family of restaurants that served the Golden Triangle for many, many years. They're, they know how to feed you, okay? You can have a great night out. You can go by having an adult beverage. You can have a family night. You can have it however you want it. If you're just looking for a great rock and roll straight-ahead hamburger, man, get the Bulldog. Get the Bulldog. And there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing that's going to sneak up on you. It's just grade-A American beef, cheese, and whatever condiments you like. And the Bulldog Burger signature bun with the Bulldog Burger logo right there on the top. But if you're like me, you like to walk on the wild side a little bit, maybe you want to shake it up a little bit, get the pimentology, get the smokehouse. You can even get a veggie burger there. A lot to choose from. Again, two locations to serve you right here on University Drive, and they're on Gloucester Street and Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, so I've talked so much about this press conference. Let me give you some details from it. So one of the things that I learned here in the last few days, this is one of the benefits of living in Starkville, is there's a lot of people here that are willing to help you. And so I found out earlier this week, Mike Leach had a video presentation put together. And I believe the players watched it in the stadium. I'm kind of repeating this from memory. I didn't write it all down. But I believe they watched it in the stadium. And uh, they had a 25-minute video really about the history of football in the state of Mississippi. Not just Mississippi State, but in Mississippi. And one of the things that Mike was trying to do was trying to instill in the players, listen, you were were part of a proud heritage here in the state of Mississippi. You know, we are the people of Walter Payton and Brett Favre and Jerry Rice, Elsie Greenwood, I mean, you go on down the list, and I, we've done a list here on the show of uh, best Mississippi players. You know, and listen, you got to give credit where credit's due. You know, Archie Manning. We had a big thread on the message board of the day where people said, "I don't understand." Some of these younger people are like, "I don't understand what the hype was about Archie Manning." You know, his stats weren't very good. It was a different game back then. You know, Archie was electric. Archie was probably the kind of the second coming of Johnny Majors in some respects. If you if you know your history of the SEC, but we have had some incredible players that have gone on to do some great things in the National Football League. And you can look at some of the contemporaries right now, you know, around the NFL. Right now it's probably the golden age of Mississippi State football in the NFL with Dak Prescott and Chris Jones and Fletcher Cox. I mean, that's the thing. You know, Fletch and Chris have both put on Super Bowl rings. You know, former Bulldog D. Lyman, part of D. Block. Dak Prescott's going to be the highest paid player in the National Football League this year. Check the stats. I mean, this is the golden age of Mississippi State pro, pro football. I mean, it's without a doubt. And so what Mike was trying to make these guys understand is, hey, this is not a situation where you're just kind of part of something. You're part of something great. You're part of something special. And now it's your turn as these guys kind of pass the baton down. It's your turn to add to the heritage of football in the state of Mississippi. I think it's wonderful. And I think it also, too, there's so many people out there that want to beat up the state of Mississippi. And I hate that. I absolutely do. I was born here. I was raised here. I moved away and came back because I wanted my kids to be able to experience Mississippi and to, uh, you know, to have that same, some of the same experiences with values that I grew up with. And now that I've had, like, living in the bigger city and that sort of stuff, 
I've liked the fact that my kids have had a chance to do both. And I think if you asked them, outside of us not having a Raising Cane's here in Starkville, I think they prefer Starkville. I do. And, it, and a lot of it's got to do with the people. Not that they're not great people in Baton Rouge. There are just too many people in Baton Rouge. And uh, it's kind of cool to be able to walk around town and people know who you are. You know, my, my girls, my goodness, every time that I'm ever anywhere with them, if we go to Walmart or something, there's always somebody that comes running up. And it's always cool for me to be Audrey and Mia's dad or to be Ani's dad or Ian's dad. I kind of like that label too. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've done my best to build a brand. But it's also kind of cool that, uh, you know, like my, my son's birthday is this weekend, turns 15. He had some of his friends over, and, and uh, one of his friends said, hey, Mr. Steve, you're the cool dad in our group. I like that. I like the fact that they can kind of see who I am, and I can kind of share some experiences with them. I don't like to be that distant dad. I'm not in their face all the time, but uh, whenever they want to play pool or foosball, I'm happy to beat them. And so, yeah, as I think about all those things, you know, about living in Starkville, living in Baton Rouge, and I'm so proud of what we have accomplished in the state of Mississippi when you begin to think about there are a lot of things that we have to kind of explain away and apologize for. I mean, let's be honest. It's true. As Eudora Welty said, when when asked one time during an interview, and I love Miss Eudora, I do, love her work. If if you're not familiar with it, go read One Writer's Beginnings. It's a classic Mississippi book. But they asked her, you know, with Mississippi's high literacy rate, this whole paradox of why do we have so many great writers from the state of Mississippi? And Miss Eudora sat back and she took a breath and she said, well, we had an awful lot of explaining to do. And I think it's perfect. But the one thing that we can always kind of poke our chest out about as Mississippians is football. And so we're not some middle-of-the-pack state. You know, per capita, most years, Mississippi is uh, the highest number of players in the NFL draft per capita. Some years we're second to Louisiana, but we produce professional football players. And that's kind of what Mike Leach is impressing upon these guys. He's like, listen, this isn't just you came to college and you're playing in the SEC. You're playing in Mississippi, one of the best mantles of talent in the entire country when it comes to producing football talent. I think that is an incredible line of thinking. I think Mike has, exa- has found the currency – to kind of motivate these guys, because that's just one of those things, too, people talk about, here's what we don't have, here's what we don't have this, and Alabama's got this, and LSU's got this, and we'll never have this. But you know what we do have? Despite the fact that they may have more resources, uh, we have a heritage that can compete with anybody. Anybody. Some of the greatest players to ever play either played in Mississippi or are from Mississippi. And that is something we should take pride in. So I asked Mike about that because I heard they had, they had the video and they had a big speech and saw some players responding on social media. So I kind of reached out to some people and said, what, what, what is he talking about? And before you even ask, no, the video is not going to be made available, the 25-minute video, because a lot of that stuff is just an internal-type memo. You know, it's like it's, it's a motivational video with some footage that Mississippi State doesn't own the rights to. So I don't think it's going to be made public. So I, I asked, too, because I want to see it. Because I'm from Mississippi, and I like football. I'd love to see it, but I understand it won't be made available. At least that's what I was told. I guess things could change. So I asked Mike about it. I said, Coach, listen, take us through that. What, what were you trying to accomplish and, and kind of what's going on with all that? So here's Mike's answer. The biggest thing starts with why I came to Mississippi, talking about Mike himself. For years, I've understood that some of the best football in the entire nation is played in the state of Mississippi. 
I know the emphasis of it, what it means to the people here per capita. Oftentimes, more players go to the NFL from the state of Mississippi than any other state. Along with that, along with the greatness on the football field that's come from that, players need to understand the legacy they're a part of and take ownership in upholding that. That is excellent. That comes through hard work, and there's none of this all shucks, I'm from Mississippi stuff. This isn't one of those deals where I'm average and half the states are better and half the states are worse. No, there are great players that come from here. Greatness comes out of here on the football field, and I wanted all of them to realize that. Man, that'll preach. I'm ready to pass an offering plate right now, and we'll just hum just as I am. I mean, that is one of those things. And I know, listen, I lobbed a softball at him, and he hit it out of the park for a grand slam. That's a message that Mississippi State needs to preach more often. You know, we talk about you know, Dan and them, Mike and you know, Mike Nemeth and those guys when the, Mike and them were still on staff, you know, Scott Strickland, they had the Our State thing, which was such a big deal. It was such a big deal because our people, many of our fans have adopted this false ideology that we are somehow a second-rate university in our own state. That is false. That is absolutely false. It's like I know that uh, Ole Miss has self-anointed themselves as the, quote, flagship of Mississippi. We don't have a flagship university just because they've been around the longest is what they claim. Uh, and as Dr. Zacharias once said, if they're the flagship, then we're the starship. So maybe we ought to get T-shirts printed if you're listening out there, uh, Dr. Keenum. It's Mississippi State, the starship university. You know, whatever. But that's the thing I think about Dr. Keenum and John Cohen and people like that because they take such pride in Mississippi, Mississippi State. It's not just a job or a paycheck to them. There's a passion behind it. And, of course, they're not going to do this job for free. But I think when you have people in leadership that see the value of Mississippi State and our role in the state of Mississippi, that that should always be our message. Not that, well, we're just trying to get bowl eligible, guys. Oh, we're never going to beat Alabama. No, no. Listen, we are Mississippi State. We are the people of John Bond. We're the people of Fletcher Cox. We're the people of, of Anthony Butts. We're the people of Michael Haddock's. For the people of Glenn Young, people of Glenn Collins, Johnny Cooks. We can take a lot of pride in that. And you know what? Have we won as many football games as we wanted to? Absolutely not. But we've probably never been in a better situation than we have been in the last 10 years. And so I'm glad to see our message kind of mature along with our program. And I think that Mike, when Mike Leach says that, I, I mean, I, when I first heard about this, I said, you know what? This is great. We had the Our State thing. And we all took such pride in that. It's our state. I mean, you saw it everywhere. Everywhere. Billboards all over the state. And I used to love the ones when I would cross over the state line. And there'd be Dan Mullen out there waving me into Mississippi saying, welcome to our state. And I, you know what? I'd like to see it come back. And some of you guys are aware of this, and I addressed this in Flim Flam. But one of the reasons we stopped doing the Our State marketing campaign is because it upset Ole Miss. I think that's all the more reason to do it again. I don't think we should ever do anything just because it hurts old Mrs. Feelings. You know what? You don't want to be our state, then beat us. You know, it was our state. We'd won three in a row in the Egg Bowl. We claimed ownership of the state, as well we should. We recruited the state of Mississippi better than anybody. We've invested in players in the state of Mississippi more than any other university in this state, bar none. You know, yeah, there's a hashtag out there for Mississippi made for one year. One year, because it was a banner year in in-state talent. But, you know, by and large, you go, look, Mississippi State is a program built on Mississippi kids from the small rural towns throughout our state. That is our legacy. 
those are the things that I think about. You know, people like Hole Granger. And we go out there and get that guy, bring him in. All of a sudden, he becomes a Mississippian. Went down there and signed the whole backfield. Hole Granger came in here and was a great player back for us in the early in mid-1960s. For those of you that have forgotten, from 1947 to 1963, we didn't beat Ole Miss a single time. 1964, we beat Ole Miss. Thanks to Hole Granger and that group of seniors, Bill McGuire, that whole group there. But Hole Granger was not some five-star player. You know, he was a blue-collar, hard-nosed kid that just wanted an opportunity. Came to Mississippi, loved it here, became one of our own. You can run all the way down. Anytime, anytime I ride down the interstate, I bore people to death. I'll pass them and say, hey, you know, that, hey, that's, where, that's Wiggins, Mississippi, right there. That's where Stone County High School is. That's where Sam Hentz played. Sam Hentz, one of the best athletes I ever saw when I was in high school. Tomcats. That's also where, for those of you that watch Robin Big, that's where Big Black's from, or was, God rest his soul. Also a Mississippi State fan. I don't know if you knew that. Big Black was a huge Mississippi State fan. Not the least bit interested in Ole Miss. And took shots at him on Twitter regularly. But those are the things that excite me because I think about, you know, I think about my own hometown of Columbia, Mississippi. And I look at what we have done for Mississippi State in the last several years. Logan Cook in the National Football League right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, played at Columbia Academy. I remember making the trip home and going to Columbia Academy and taking a video interview with him, how nervous he was, and he ends up being a Bulldog. Jonathan Abram from East Marion High School. Jonathan Abram was one of the best players in the state of Mississippi back then and he happened to be in a year that it was very, very heavy with SEC safeties in a talent pool. He ultimately goes to Georgia and then to junior college and makes his way to Mississippi State after a year at Jones College. Becomes a first-round draft pick. Kid from my hometown. His mom works at the Wendy's on Highway 98, man. These are the kinds of kids. These are the success stories that are being written at Mississippi State. You got Fred Peters, probably going to be your starting nickel safety from my alma mater of Columbia High School. Not to mention we had a couple guys named Peyton that were pretty good. Walter and Eddie Peyton. They didn't go to Mississippi State. But uh, at Marion County, there's something about the, the, the banks of the Pearl River that brings out the best in people. Uh, but I get fired up thinking about this stuff because of the fact there's so many people that said, well, you know, I don't know if Mike Leach is going to be able to recruit Mississippi. Mike Leach is a lot more like you and I than you realize. He's just smarter than most of us. Mike Leach is a guy from small town Wyoming. Grew up the son of a what, you know, guy that worked for the Forestry Service. It's just one of those deals, man, where you look at our value systems are very similar. Very, very similar. And I think Mike Leach has really found something with all this. I'm going to read a couple more things to you. I think it's important. You can go read this in its entirety, or you can go watch the video over on Gene's page. So uh, we asked him, okay, about receivers. How are receivers grasping the offense? Here's what he has to say. I think they're motivated. They like having the ball, and they like seeing their friends have the ball, and the ball spread out over the field. If we drop a ball, we've got to take it a little more personally. The volume of balls is something new. They haven't seen quite this many balls flying around. They're adjusting to the pace right now. I thought they picked up the offense quite well. I'm not saying here we had a perfect route, but in general it happened a little quicker than I expected. Is that not music to the Bulldog ears right there? 
wide receivers, which has been the personnel group that has lagged behind the rest of the offense for years, probably since, uh, you know, I guess we had a pretty good run there with Donald Gray, Fred Ross, and, and Bear Wilson. Before that, Arcedo Clark, Chad Bumpus, Chris Smith, God rest his soul. Uh, that's probably our last big group. But, you know, what if we really had to hang our hat on the last few years at receiver and really not much? We've had some good athletes. They've been underutilized and undercoached. And so one of the things that I have heard is that receivers are running constantly, constantly. They are constantly in motion on the practice field. You run from one, one station to another, and then they're catching more footballs in a practice than they did usually in a week last year that they we're repping, 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 repping. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Repping, repping. Yes, we've had some drops. We're four days into practice. That's why we have 25 practices. That will get better. And then the ones that drop the football won't play. 
Dave Nichols, Steve Spurrier, they know a thing or two about coaching wide receivers. People forget, you know, that Alshon Jeffrey played at South Carolina under the direction of one Steve Spurrier Jr. You know, this is a guy that knows elite talent. This is a guy knows how to develop players of all abilities. He did it at South Carolina with, uh, you know, four- and five-star kids and then did it at Washington State with two- and three-star kids. The production was pretty much the same, probably even better because of the brand of offense that we run at Mike Leach. That excites me. I don't know if it does you, but it excites me. When I hear that they, they, they happened a little quicker than I expected, considering we're making up for lost time, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And, and listen, again, I don't think Mike Leach is the kind of guy that's going to tell you what you want to hear uh, just for the fun of it. One of the questions I know you guys have, and it's one of the things that I try to do, like I see people talk about things on the message board, and there are some people that just go ahead and say, hey, Steve, can you ask this for me in the next press conference? And I'm happy to do it. And sometimes I'll have a list of questions and somebody else will get to it. But somebody asked about, you know, how are the tight ends working? You know, we don't necessarily have a true tight end in a scheme anymore, but we have some good athletes, you know, in Jaquarius Spivey and Brad Cumbust. And we got, you know, we moved Dante Jones out to wide receiver. So, and so I asked, you know, how are they acclimating to their role as wide, wide receivers? And he, he kind of corrected me. He goes, hey, well, they're not really wide receivers. They're tighter receivers because they are inside receivers. But they do a good job, both of them. When they play their best, they're not really coverable. Both are strong enough to move defenders around a little bit as they're running their route, turning your body into somebody and making the reception. They're always a little bit open. Brad's got really good hands. Spivey is just such a big body out there. I'm excited about both of them. I'm excited about the aspect having big guys out there. Guys like that in the past, uh, for me, were playing DN. But we have enough DNs here, so it's a luxury. One, I think, is going to be good for everybody. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I just said? Guys like that in the past for me were playing defensive end. But we have enough defensive ends here, so it's a luxury. One, I think, is going to be good for everybody. If that doesn't fire you up, I don't know what will. Yes, yeah, one of the things we all love Brad Cumbus and Jaquarius Spivey, and I think when we made the transition to this offense, we're thinking, man, these guys are great athletes, and we're never really going to see them reach their potential on the football field because they don't fit the scheme. And now all of a sudden, you've got these big-bodied targets out there that are athletic that can catch a football, and more times than not, they're going to be paired up on a smaller player, which more times than not will mean yak. They'll be able to run and get more yards and break tackles. And I don't know if you've seen Brad Compass play football before. Let me encourage you to go watch his video. They call him Mule for a reason. That kid doesn't want to go down, and he doesn't go down just because you hit him. You've got to knock him down. Kid can really play. Jaquarius Spivey, of course, was a jumbo X in high school, took his team to a state championship appearance, didn't finish the deal. But this is a guy that knows how to play down the field. This is a guy that can stretch the field. You're going to put him on the hash, run him down the field, that big body target, just throw it up, let him go get it. You know, and so if Mike Leach is excited about that personnel group, that makes me excited. And listen, he owes none of us anything. He doesn't have to sit here and give us this false sense of security. That's one of the things that we've heard for years now. Hey, we're going to use the tight ends more. Well, we don't even have tight ends, but the, the tight ends we have, we're going to utilize them in mismatches. That excites me, and it should, because we're going to get the best value out of our athletes. Hawthorne.co will bring a great value. If you had not been by, go, go to Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Take their short two-minute quiz. They're going to pair you up with some products that best fit your own preferences. It's going to, it's going to smell great to you because it's kind of going to, be in, it's going to be consistent with the things that you already love. That's the thing that's so undervalued about this whole thing. 
you can go in, you can go to Walmart, you can go some other place, and you can buy some cologne right off the shelf, and it might not fit your biochemistry, but this does. I'm telling you, give it a shot. I mean, what do you have to lose? What's the worst thing that happens? You go back to the, uh, you know, the, the stuff you get at Walgreens. I mean, yeah, you can always do that. But if you go to Hawthorne.co, you're going to find something that is really special, something that is for you. It's the best cologne that I've ever had. I get compliments on it all the time. I wear it whether I'm leaving the house or not because I like it so much. I want to smell good. You do too. Go to Hawthorne.co, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Use promo code Boneyard. Unlock some savings for yourself. Go check it out today. All right, today's top 10 list. And listen, there's been so many great top 10 list suggestions lately. And just about all of them are music. That doesn't mean it has to always be music. And listen, we've done arcade games. I've done cartoon characters. I've done my favorite dinosaurs. Whatever you guys want. But here's the thing that I love about the music stuff, and there's so much of it, is it promotes more discussion about music, man. I love it. There's so many people that have messaged me and say, dude, I remember listening to that. You forgot this song. This was my favorite one. I've had other people turn me on to some B-sides that I didn't really know about or, or have, you know, a good working knowledge of. People say, you know what, Steve, I know you mentioned some great songs, but here's one that didn't make the radio that I absolutely love. And I put it on, I'm thinking, you know what, man, this is great. I love learning that kind of stuff. One of the things that I love to do, and I've shared this with a few friends during the quarantine, and I, I, one of my deals, uh, so I was giving some advice to people about quarantine. If you know an artist that you love, like you have an album and every song, you just love that song, Go find another album of theirs that maybe you're not quite as familiar with because you know their talent. And just put the album on. Listen to it. It's in its entirety. You'll find some new favorites. You already know they've got talent. You already know that their talent appeals to you. Go ahead and expand your knowledge of their catalog. So today's top ten list comes from a friend of mine, Kenny Manning from Greenville, Mississippi. Kenny actually has one of my dogs. And he named that dog Rooker. And I get updates every now and again of Rooker, and he is an absolute monster. And I love Rooker. And uh, Rooker has some Ole Miss people in his family, and somebody put an Ole Miss hat on him, and they sent that picture along, and I almost went and reclaimed that dog. I almost went and got him. That's, that's animal abuse. We're not going to do that, right, Kenny? No, I'm just joking around. They, they did do that, but I know Kenny is a great owner, and, and uh, I like hearing about my dogs, man. I like hearing they're doing good. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to have any more dogs if I can help it. All my dogs are fixed. And if you hadn't done yours, let me pull the Bob Barker phrase here encourage you to spay and neuter your own pets. We don't need unwanted pets roaming the countryside of Mississippi and getting hit. All right, so here we are. Kenny says, hey, Steve, have you done Bob Seger yet? And you know what? It is a shame that I haven't done Bob Seger, so we're going to take care of that today. Some of you young guys are saying, well, Steve, I don't really know Alice Cooper, and you should. And you say, well, you know, I don't really know Bob Seger. And you absolutely should. Bob, Bob Seger, one of the greatest songwriters in the history of the world, without question, one of America's greatest songwriters. I would put him up against anybody in the world at any point. He has a song for every occasion. He has a song for every mood. And the older that I get, the more that I appreciate the soulful sounds of Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. I remember being a kid... And my uncle Warren, he had uh, the the day that he was getting the rehearsal dinner for the day before his wedding. Travel up there and we're getting meeting everybody, and there's my uncle wearing a Bob Seger and a Silver Bullet Band shirt, and we're thinking that's that's pretty cool. And in hindsight, it, it stuck out to me because I wasn't very familiar with Bob Seger then. I have been since, but again, I've kind of rediscovered some of those songs in the catalog here in the last year or so. 
And uh, so here, here's my list. I'm going to give you a rundown of some ones that didn't make it. And there, and there are so many great songs in the catalog. I know I'm going to forget some of your favorites. Uh, so don't hold it against me. I don't know that I've ever heard a bad Bob Seger song, just so you know. I got some that are favorites and some that aren't, but I don't have any that I dislike. But here are some that I like that didn't make my top ten list. Rock and Roll Never Forgets, great tune. Hollywood Nights, that's another cool, that's, that's, that's a good driving song. Roll Me Away, a lot, a lot of heart in that one. And Shakedown, I believe that's on the Beverly Hills Cop 2 soundtrack. I think that's right. Shakedown's a good one. That, that's kind of a, a reintroduced Bob Seger to a new generation of fans. But here's a top ten list. Number ten for me is Main Street. I know that's some, a lot of people's favorite Bob Seger song, Down on Main Street. And uh, it reminds me of a time when I was a radio music DJ uh, for WCJU in my hometown of Columbia, Mississippi. We had a sponsor, a guy that had Main Street Jewelers downtown. And I called him one day, and we did a live spot, and I asked him, I said, hey, is there a song we can play for you? He goes, how about Down on Main Street by Bob Seger? And every time I hear that, I remember how nice those guys were to me. So Main Street, that's number 10 for me. Number 9, it's one of those songs, uh, you know, a guy talking to a woman and uh, kind of convincing her, hey, this is all going to work out. It's uh, One Day Later, You'll Accompany Me. Great tune, uh, real positive tune, relationship song for sure. Number eight, one of the one of the more up-tempo songs in the catalog, The Fire Down Below, they got one thing in common, that's The Fire Down Below. Again, a kind of a relationship song, too, of a different variety. I encourage you to go check that one out. Number seven, a lot of people, this is probably in their mind the Bob Seger song. I disagree. I think it's a little bit overplayed, even though I love the message, and I loved it in Risky Business because, again, it exposed Bob Seger to a new generation of fans. It's old-time rock and roll. I, I love the song i love every lyric in it uh but it's one of those ones that's almost overplayed a little bit and i know that's disrespectful it's not bob seger's fault they play songs all the time right i just think there are some others that mean a little more to me and that's the thing about bob seger songwriting it is so intimate number six for me night moves absolutely love it uh there's not a bad line in that song and sometimes i'll I'll pull up those lyric videos on youtube because i'm just so amazed at how well those songs are written Number five, one of the best love songs I think ever written, and I could put a list together of those too, it'd take me some time because I've got so many favorites, is We've Got Tonight, so why don't you stay? It's not working out, you know, it's like, you know what, this didn't happen and this didn't happen and maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't the guy you wanted me to be, but you know, we're left with tonight, so why don't you stay? Cool tune. Number four, still the same. I know a lot of people wouldn't have this one that high, but it's just it's one of those songs that really speaks to me. Uh, I can hear Bob Seger's heart in this song, and I think you'll enjoy that one too. I think these next three are probably, outside of all-time rock and roll and night moves, probably the most iconic songs in the catalog. And just, Again, it kind of depends on what order you want them in. Number three for me, and I know some people were expecting this to be number one because Metallica covered it, but I'm not the big Metallica fan that a lot of people are. And I I like the original version better. Let's turn the page. Great song about life on the road as a musician. Uh, So many wonderful lines in that. It's such a vivid song. You can just kind of see it all visually. I do think the Metallica version is great, but I think the uh, original version is better. Number two, and if you've bought a Chevy pickup, you probably hummed this song. It's like a rock. So I think that makes number one pretty obvious. And, uh, 
it's one of those songs too that really speaks to me i get excited about this every time i hear it because i feel like in some ways he's kind of riding my song i'm sure many of you feel the same way but it's against the wind i know forrest gump made that uh made that song popular again uh you know when people watch that movie but against the wind is one of those songs that there are so many songs in life when you hear it it sounds so authentic it sounds like you know what this guy just didn't put words together because they rhymed or they fit a certain pattern he put them together because it's exactly what he meant this is one of those songs where i feel like bob seger absolutely nailed it every line every phrase every note absolutely perfect i could listen to that song over and over again that's the thing about a great song they never get old against the wind still holds up today so go check it out young people if you're not familiar with bob seger i hope you didn't fast forward through this go check it out find some new favorites and impress your parents so you know what dad i just got turned on to bob seger and i really dig that night move song there's so many great songs in that catalog uh, and i enjoy doing this so much i really enjoy being able to talk music with you guys so keep sending your list if you have an idea for top 10 list send it on i got a couple uh kind of lined up for this week but uh sometimes somebody will send me something that I'm, I'm more interested in you know so i'll get right on that so whether it be music or movies or whatever star wars action figures or characters whatever just let me know i'm happy to do it campus bookmark they're happy to serve you as well Longtime sponsors of the show I frequent that establishment regularly. Anytime that I'm looking for gifts for other people or, or looking to outfit myself, sometimes I'll ride by there and say, hey, you know what, I need a new Mississippi State polo for a speaking event or something. That's where I go. I go to Campus Bookmart. You should too. You can visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete again check them out and listen if there's so many things too that you probably haven't thought of that they carry it's not just a clothing store it's not just a bookstore and speaking of books you can get mine there but there are a lot of other things there a lot of novelty items and things for the home things that you can give to other people's gifts and maybe you don't think about campus bookmark as that type of place but that is exactly what they are anything that they can find in mississippi state related they'll get it for you they're happy to do it campusbookmart.net all right, so before we get out of here, I want to kind of talk about how great last week was, even though there were a few people out there kind of gaslighting on social media, uh, trying to say, hey, look at this, look at that. You know, it was a much better week. And as, and as a result, I think college football fans were able to exhale a little bit. A little bit. And one of the things that you've noticed, too, is there are some people that have tried to kind of shape the narrative about college football they've been somewhat unsuccessful now that's not to say that we're out of the woods you know we've seen issues at nc state north carolina they're basically going to play in a bubble you know one of the things that we were told early on from the sec kind of privately is that you know what if we can't if we don't have kids on campus we can't have football which i did not agree with it didn't make a lot of sense to me i think that's an antiquated notion but that's exactly what north carolina and nc state are talking about doing kids are going to be in town they're going to be in their dorms they're going to be in their apartments they're not going to be in class. They're going to take online classes and Zoom classes and that sort of stuff. And one of the things that I think a lot of people haven't fully appreciated, in the state of Mississippi, we have a lot of people that cannot do Zoom classes from home. We can't. The state legislature has actually uh, you know, worked on some legislation to try to improve the quality of Internet service in some of our rural communities. And so there's just people that say, well, just send those kids home. Well, 
you know, if you've got kids that live up there, you know, in, in say, Dumas, Mississippi, you know, I don't know that those guys are going to be able to log on. Those, you know, those college kids are going to be able to observe their professors on a Zoom call because of the quality of Internet service. So, yeah, let them stay here. Let them stay in the dorm and use Mississippi State's Internet, and they'll be able to participate in, in the uh, lecture. Because that's the easy answer, right? Well, just send everybody home. Well, I mean, if you send them home, yeah, not everybody lives the way you do. Not everybody is living in Brandon, Mississippi and has, uh, you know, you know, high-speed Internet and uh, you know, can stream a video and all that kind of stuff easily. You take all that stuff for granted. Yeah, there are people that live in the rural communities of Mississippi that, that, that can't watch Netflix. I know that's a shocker. They can't do online gaming because all they really can do is just get online and be able to, to kind of get on Facebook and that sort of stuff and search for things on Google. A lot of people do not have that high-performing Internet service that you and I often take for granted. And so I say that because I think it's important for a lot of our people to fully appreciate that there are many students that their best opportunity is to be here, to be in Starkville, to be on campus, to be in a dormitory, rather than send everybody home. And there are a lot of people to think, well, you know, Steve, maybe we just need to forego all this. You know, maybe we just need to cancel life entirely. Let's just go back to the Lord of the Flies, right? Is that what you want? We've got to move forward at some point. And if that means that we've got to have distance learning up close, then that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. But because of the fact that North Carolina and NC State and others in the Power Five are kind of talking about doing that, I think that gives the SEC some cover. I think now all of a sudden the SEC can kind of back off that antiquated notion that, hey, we can't have football without having school. You know, we can have school, as I mentioned, online and I think in some ways it probably protects the players even more because there's less interaction with the general student body. Probably the likelihood of uh, reducing infection is probably increased tremendously. Now, there are some players that will tell you that, uh, hey, they're not out hanging out. And there are a lot of them that will go shoot a video and encourage you to do the right things and then, you know, go to a party, you know, go to a kegger or something like that. You know, that, listen, you know, college kids, it's, 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 uh, it's an adventure for sure. And so I don't say that to cast any aspersions at anybody, but the reality of it is, is that I don't know that we should have college kids cover, you know, cutting PSAs. It's like it kind of reminds me of the whole rock against drug campaign. You kidding me? Rock created drugs. You know, it's just like I guess it was Dennis Leary that said, uh, you know, hello, don't get caught doing drugs. Or you'll have to do a commercial just like this one, you know. And it's, it's funny, like people like Keith Richards, that's what's so hypocritical. You know, Keith Richards is like doing a rock against a drug commercial. You kidding me, Keith? As Dennis Leary said, we can't do any drugs. We've got to wait for you to die and smoke your ashes. You know, uh, that stuff is kind of humorous to me. But the, the bottom line is this, is that there is a way to make all that work. There is a way to conduct school and have football. Because I think at this point, now that people are invested again in football, even though it's going to be 25% capacity at most initially, and there will be no tailgating. People are like, you know what? I've accepted the fact that I can't attend games this year. So I will look forward to watching at home. We'll probably have a tailgate party here, have friends and family over, COVID-negative people, we'll have a COVID-negative football party. And I know that, that is a dicey proposition at times. But I think it's going to bring people together. I think people will, again, kind of gather around the TV, gather around the, the salsa and the queso, and enjoy being able to rally around Mississippi State. And so I think people now are like, you know what, that, that's okay. If that is all that I get this year, at least the Bulldogs are going to play. And 
this year's not going to count towards their eligibility. And so if something should happen, you know, some of these guys will be an opportunity to come back and go. Let me go ahead and take it out. KJ Costello and Colin Hill not coming back. They're going in a draft. I'll go, I'll just go ahead and be ready for that. But there may be some other guys perhaps that, uh, you know, maybe may decide, you know what, I get under shot at this thing. And one of the first people that I thought about, and a lot of it's going to depend on his performance, it's Kareem Walker. You know, remember Kareem Walker lost that year of eligibility last year. He was, a, you know, he's you know late qualifier, uh, basically ended up being uh, an academic redshirt. So he loses that year of eligibility. Well, now, if Mike Leach and those guys are agreeable, that kid can play this year and then come back. So he kind of gets that year back by default. And for a guy like him that has kind of bounced around and never really fully realized his potential, maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Maybe so, because then with us having to lose two running backs this year, maybe you mitigate that loss by just having one guy move on. Listen, Kareem Walker is not Colin Hill. That's not what I'm saying. But he could be a solid depth guy. And with so many young guys at this position, at the position, the personnel group at running back, maybe, maybe that works out. You can bring him back. But I think there's some other guys out there that maybe are marginal NFL prospects that could probably benefit from coming back for another year. But the guys that are surefire prospects are going to go. And the guys that are not prospects, the guys that, you know what, hey, I finished up my degree, I'm going to go ahead and get a job, they're already looking elsewhere, those guys are going to move on. There may be some that say, you know what, if I can come back and get my master's degree, maybe I should do that. And that's a great thing too. I think it's important for everybody to kind of understand at the end of the day, the more schooling these guys can get, the more education they can get, the more viable they are as job candidates. And I go back to Sylvester Croom. One of the greatest speeches that I ever heard, he was talking about kids from rural Mississippi and rural Alabama. He talks about a lot of those kids that have never been to college and nobody in their family has gone to college. And so they get the opportunity to come here and it changes the family tree forever. And you've heard me talk about this at times before. You get young people on campus and you educate them. Well, then what happens? You know, where's he going to meet his wife? Well, chances are you're going to meet that significant other on a college campus. Right, and then I guess some of us met them in college bars, but you understand my point. But you you have two people who are kind of similarly situated. You have two people that are moving towards a college degree. Well, then all of a sudden they get married and have a kid. Well, both parents went to school. Well, now all of a sudden that young person is now expected to go to college because that's the expectation in the family. And so you have altered the family tree. You've kind of changed the direction of things. So not only are you improving one life, you're improving the direction of a family because now all of a sudden, especially if it's the older sibling. Now, all of a sudden, well, hey, well, he or she went to school and got their degree and look at the great job they have today. I'm going to follow in their footsteps. That's what's so important about this. Sometimes we we get caught up in statistics and wins and losses in bowl games. Sometimes we forget they're using their talent to pay for their education to better themselves and to better their station in life. And so anytime that we can get them more education, and listen, I understand it's expensive. I had somebody tell me it's going to cost almost 25000 bucks a year per student to come back and play. It's a lot of money. Not to mention the wherewithal, the shortfall we're going to have financially around the country in college athletics. There's got to be some relief somewhere. But don't we want our Mississippi State athletes of all sports to leave here with their college degree and be able to enter the workforce as well-adjusted, well-educated individuals that can succeed in life? We absolutely do. And that goes back to the beginning. About this whole thing with Mike Leach talking about Mississippi and taking pride in Mississippi. I think one of the best ways to better the state of Mississippi is to ensure that our young people have an expectation to go to college and get a, get a degree. Educate our population. 
you know, and ensure that we're, you know, we're graduating young professionals of all genders and races and socioeconomic backgrounds or religious backgrounds that we are taking our young people and putting them in a situation to better themselves and better our state. And listen, I know some of them are going to leave. Sometimes the better job's out of state. I, I get it. But the expectation has to start with the young people. It can't just be you and I saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I think you have, to, you have to set some foundational standards, you know, in your family and say, listen, we need everybody to go to, we need everybody to, go to college. Everybody's got to get there. At least get your bachelor's degree. If you want an advanced degree, then great. But you at least got to get your bachelor's degree. You at least have to go do that. And listen, I know college isn't for everybody. You know, so maybe we get an associate's degree in something that enables us to get another job, enables us to be an educated person that kind of separate ourselves from maybe the general laborers out there. And we need some of those people too. We do. But I think, you know, the expectation starts with us and starts at home. And, you know, it starts with, with us, with our kids. And listen, I didn't plan to preach today, so, uh, so I'm going to move on from that. But when I, I, I love the state of Mississippi, and I love Mississippians, most of them anyway. Uh, and I love the direction that our state has taken. And I, 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 I'm one of those kind of people. I am proud to be from Mississippi. And I've shared that everywhere that I've gone. And people kind of look at you when you're silly when you say that. And, and listen, we, when we pick a state flag, I'm going to have that bumper sticker on my car because I am proud to be from Mississippi. I want people to know that I'm proud to be Mississippian. Because I think growing up in Mississippi, it teaches you how to deal with everybody. You understand that because we go to school together. We play ball together. Uh, we understand that we have a similar experience in many respects. Not identical, but we grow up with a lot of the same values. And uh, I, I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, that my grandmother you know, raised me to treat everybody as an equal. As she used to always say, treat them as you want to be treated. And that sounds like such a cliche, but I think in Mississippi, for the most part, in my generation, I think we have kind of turned a corner with that. I think weird. I think my generation is the one uh, that has really embraced that. And I give credit to, you know, to God-fearing God, grandparents that kind of taught me that. And uh, I know many of you share those same values. And I, I think when we invest in our kids and we recruit kids from Mississippi, we're investing in our state. We're investing in our future. And I know for me, I know I think I speak for most of us, I want to leave the state of Mississippi in a lot better shape than I found it. And uh, we are light years ahead of where we were in my lifetime even though some days in the newspaper doesn't feel that way, but collectively we are. And so, again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm going to hit the road again. It's, it is Sunday afternoon, but I'll be back. And so we record again on Wednesday. I can't promise you four shows this week. You'll get Monday. You'll get your, this show Wednesday, Friday for sure. If something changes or develops, we'll get back to that. We did have a Facebook Live show on Saturday night. If you didn't get to watch it live, you can go back and watch the, watch the performance. You go back and watch it. And basically what I do is I give an opening statement and then I answer questions for fans. And so I'm happy to do that. Doing that twice a week now. Most weekend shows I think are Saturday and we're going to do a Tuesday or a Wednesday most weeks. Uh, And if you hadn't done so, please go to alphadogsthebook.com right now and pre-order Alpha Dogs. I just got an update a few minutes ago. Stark Villains and Flim Flam are selling again too. And uh, the last time I had checked, the last update I had is that Flim Flam had actually – outsold Stark Villains the last two weeks. Now Villains is now ahead of Flim Flam. So you can get personalized copies of all three, or just one or two. I think you're going to want all three. But you can get that by going to alphadogsthebook.com. You can get your Stark Villains gear at starkvillains.com. Get t-shirts, hoodies. If you're local, you can get them in your school colors. How cool is that? 
I know many of you send your kids to Starville Public Schools or you send them to Starville Academy. You can get a Stark Villain shirt for your kid wearing their school colors. It says Stark Villain on it. And I think everybody should embrace that, not just because of the fact that I came up with it, but I think it's a really cool moniker. All right, so that's going to do it for today. Thanks so much. Go listen to Bob Seger and be careful out there. Love each other, respect each other, and let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.